Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us this week as I welcome to the conversation, Dr. Tracy Gappin, MD, a board certified urologist who has spent his career on the cutting edge of technology, treating his patients in all of their concerns, as well as in high level cancer therapies. But after his own recognition of where his health was not optimal, He's transformed his practice to make it much more comprehensive, bringing in a systems approach and now using state-of-the-art biometric tracking and management protocols to help men live at their optimal capacity. There's a lot of great new information and exciting techniques that are becoming available that you're going to discover inside this chat. So glad you're with us today. Enjoy. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you with us today while I share a what I'm sure to be very interesting conversation. You might want to grab some paper and a pen because this is what really lights me up about the work that I'm doing. So I am going to introduce you to Dr. Tracy Gappin. He's a board-certified urologist, world-renowned, world-renowned men's health and performance expert, best-selling author of Men 2.0, I believe. We'll make sure to get the details on that book before we wrap up, and professional speaker. He has over 20 years of experience focused on providing Fortune 500 executives, entrepreneurs, and athletes a personalized path to optimizing their health and performance. Dr. Gappin incorporates precision hormone optimization, peptide therapy, state-of-the-art biometric tracking, epigenetic coaching, and cutting-edge age management protocols to help men realize their full potential so they can be the husbands, fathers, and the leaders they are meant to be. Dr. Gappin, thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. So I was um, intrigued and excited by the work that you're doing when we first met, because the more that I find people who are in this traditional medical space and recognizing that they need more tools in their toolkit. I think this is a really exciting intersection between standard medicine, if you will, and what's possible. And you're really on the cutting edge of technology. And this has been, I think, true through the course of your career. So can you tell us a little bit about where you've been through your um, experience as a physician and as a surgeon sure. and what's brought you to this new focus? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have always considered myself to be somewhat of a pioneer where um, I'm always looking for the, the latest and greatest cutting edge tools and, and ways that we can really improve um, our, our service and um, provide better care as well as really um, you know, transform men's lives. So uh, I appreciate that, those comments. 
So yeah, my, my career has, um, has over the last 25 years or so of urology has gone through robotics where back in 2006, when we first got the Da Vinci robot here in Sarasota, Florida, I was one of the first docs to, to uh, start utilizing that. Uh, then we got MRI guided uh, targeted fusion biopsy technology, which was a way to improve uh, prostate cancer detection. And so I was um, on board with that when it first kind of started getting used. Now it's become standard of care. Back then it really was not uh, known or understood very well. Uh, I did HIFU, which is a, a targeted non-invasive uh, prostate cancer treatment as well. That is, uh, since I started doing it, it's now become FDA approved and now covered by insurance and, and really become a, an accepted treatment modality for prostate cancer. And so I, I've always prided myself on, on looking for the latest and greatest cutting edge uh, ways that we can optimize men's health. And so uh, I am somewhat of an outlier, though, in traditional medicine in that, like you mentioned in my intro, that I, I am really uh, transforming my career as well as the lives of the men who I, uh, who I take care of. My story, I guess you can say, started about five, six years ago or so when I was struggling with my own health issues where I was uh, very stressed out from my career. I was on call. Uh, all the time in the hospital at night, not sleeping, eating like crap. I was not exercising. Um, I um, felt awful. And I just went through life day after day, assuming that that's kind of the, the, the price you pay to be a physician. And so my wife finally implored me to go to get a physical exam for the first time, really in my life. At that point, I had never been to a doctor because doctors are terrible patients. And so I, I went for my first physical and it was, it was fairly, fairly uh, overwhelming when I, I came face to face with moan mortality. Uh, my cholesterol numbers were sky high. My kidney function numbers were down. Um, I had uh, marker, serious markers of inflammation and I was 25 pounds overweight at the time. And uh, my doctor made me very much aware of my own mortality and how things really needed to change. But the key moment really of my career, I'll tell you, was when he turned to what do I do? And he had no answers for me. He had, he really had nothing to do other than, you know, eat more vegetables, you need to exercise more, and maybe we'll put you on a statin. And that was it. That was really all he had for me in terms of, you know, optimizing my health in terms of longevity, in terms of, you know, being truly quote healthy because I was not overtly sick. I realized that he really had nothing for me. And, and that made me realize upon introspection that I didn't have answers either. And I had to humbly realize and, and acknowledge the fact that I was doing the same thing he was doing with my patients where they would come in and I give them testosterone or, or I treat their prostate cancer or I treat their kidney stone or, or, or whatever they may need to get them from a diseased state to neutral, but nothing to optimize beyond that, nothing to take someone to the next level. And so that got me super focused not just for myself and my own health, but for my patients and the men who entrust me with their care. And so that's when I started learning about epigenetics and how the environment and our lifestyle um, and our behaviors can affect genetic expression, which for the layperson that means how your body works, how your physiology acts and, and how your body behaves uh, can all be directly affected by your lifestyle. I learned about um, uh, using genetic information to really personalize health. And so, you know, we can now look at someone's genetics like I did with myself and know what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat and what kind of micronutrients do I need additional support for, or how do I improve my detox function, uh, blind spots that I would otherwise have no idea about. 
I learned about hormone optimization and how uh, at, up until then I thought it was all testosterone. And, and most men's health, men's health experts, that's all it is, is just here's testosterone. And I realized that men's health incorporates so much more than that, like thyroid and cortisol and insulin and DHEA and melatonin and vitamin D. And, and I can go on and on with all these other hormones that no one's paying attention to in men. I learned about peptide therapy and how we can use these cutting edge new tools to really uh, enhance our physiology and go beyond uh, just the, the typical traditional Western medicine um, treatment modalities that we have. Um, and I, I put all these pieces together and I learned some functional medicine mixed in there as well, which will make you happy. Um, and I, I've transformed my career. I transformed my own health and I've transformed the, the men who I work with now. And um, I have honestly uh, really found my passion that as a, a traditional you know, urologist, as a Western medical doctor, after a while you get beaten into submission and you forget why you started it all. And so I found my love for medicine all over again. I love that. And I, and there's so much in what you just said. I can't wait to come back around and unpack, but um, I've shared before on the show. So for our audience, it might not be news, but um, my, my mom was a nurse, labor and delivery nurse for 40 years. She worked the night shift. So um, I believe that's a big reason why I focus on stress because I kind of had a front row and how, you know, see and seeing how that can impact over a long period of time. But when I was a kid, she said, when you grow up, do anything you want. If you go into medicine, I'll disown you. So to <laughs> your point of being within that system and, and it just wears you down because, because there are limits, right? In terms of your scope of practice and the tools that are made available to you that are approved by the FDA, et cetera, yeah. right? And this um, method that we have of seeing specialists who can be incredibly well-trained and have extraordinary tools. But when we start piecing ourselves out to so many different specialists, we lose track of that whole picture. We don't have people asking those million dollar questions like how is your stress level? What do you do to relax? How much do you move, right? To have that comprehensive insight and ideas available. So I think it's revolutionary and definitely, you know, it's, it's at its time. I think that people are recognizing that we need more solutions than simply the most extraordinary um, mm -hmm. techniques in the operating room and the latest, um, I mean, the things that we're discovering in terms of how pharmaceuticals can be targeted to the genetics, right? To track it all the way down. But I love your point of you know, there's that balance between epigenetics and optimizing our lifestyle so that we can minimize the impact of our genes, but also recognizing like there is no one ideal diet based on our genes. What are we best able to digest or maybe likely to have resistance to? So I think that's so exciting to start looking at this whole picture. So how soon did you see the impacts of this new perspective of your own in the patients that you're treating? Yeah, great question. I, I would say for myself, as well as the men I work with, you know, once you dial it in, once you, you take a, a, a comprehensive, and we call it a systems-based approach, what you're referring to, and, and for the audience, that just simply means that, you know, the human body is a, a, an intricate uh, network or a system of multiple different uh, pieces that come together, if you will, like a puzzle. Uh, and so for that reason, I look at nutrition, I look at stress, I look at sleep, I look at fitness, I look at hormones, I look at mindset, I look at detox, all these different pieces. And if you focus on any one of those individual aspects, you can understand how the system doesn't work. And so it's really important that you take a, a collective or comprehensive approach. 
And so what I find once you dial in and get all those pieces together, it, it's a fairly quick transformation where uh, I would say, you know, I have a, a 90 day program that I work with and then I call it a 90 day sprint called Mail 90 X. Um, and within those 90 days, guys are, are without question saying, oh, my God, I feel so I feel alive again. I feel like a man again. I feel like I'm supposed to feel. And, you know, a lot of guys are are not overtly sick. We don't have a specific CP or ICD-10 code to give us a diagnosis code, but we're far from healthy. And, and that's where I come in. That's where I, I love to take guys to the next level and help them really feel alive again. Yes. And I want to speak too to the, um, the part of your story where you said it was your wife's urging that sent you in for this physical, because we tend to think it's not broken. I don't have anything to fix, right? right? It's not too bad. I can maintain, I have enough energy or, you know, I'll catch up on my sleep on the weekend. And I think that we do a disservice, um, but it's an interesting aspect of human nature that we'll do anything to help the people that we love, but we'll make a lot of sacrifices on our own behalf to kind of yeah. stay with the way things yeah. are. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, my passion, a little bit of background about me, I, I had a, a somewhat of a broken family uh, when I was a child. My parents divorced very young and I didn't really have a strong father figure there. And, and so I, I've now found this passion of my own with my own kids of, you know, helping not just myself, but other men be really powerful and present fathers. And my analogy for this is when you're in the airplane, they tell you, you got to put on your oxygen mask before you put on those of people around you. If, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not doing everything you can to optimize your health and improve your, your cognitive function and your energy and your focus and everything else, you can't be there for your family, for your kids, for your wife. And so uh, it is often the wives who will notice, hey, you're off, something's not quite right here, and the guys don't want to admit it. Um, but once they finally take charge and uh, own their own health and, uh, you know, get feel empowered to, to make a change and start doing what they need to be doing and, and fixing all those different pieces of the system, it's really amazing the transformation that we see. Yes, and I think that in many cases, um, people are just missing the roadmap. Because we know we should be eating better. We know we should exercise. We know we shouldn't get so stressed out and let work get to us the way that we do. But how do we fix it, right? And there's always new health gurus that say, this is the way to get the best sleep. This is the way to biohack your energy, drink butter in your coffee, right? Um, it's the ketogenic diet. No, we should all be eating vegan. And um, so I love your 90 day sprint where you're able to really dial this in and have a a clear course of action, right? Because we just need to take the complication out of things. Exactly right. So, um, so, and this is all based on, I mean, how many tests do you tend to start out with when a patient comes into you and says, you know, I wish I had more energy to play with my kids on the weekend. Yeah. All I want to do is watch football <laughs> instead of play it. <laughs> <laughs> so great question. Um, it, believe it or not, when I work with guys, it actually starts with a cheek swab. So when I work with men, the very first thing we do is get their genetics. And I do that first simply because it takes forever to get that back. It takes, when I send it to the lab, it's probably about three, three weeks to, to get the, the genetic data back to be able to actually use it and leverage that information. Um, but then we do blood work. And I, um, to, to answer your question, I do probably about 200 to 220 different biomarker tests looking at uh, you know, traditional electrolytes, a uh, huge hormone panel. I look at cardiometabolic labs. I look at uh, a complex lipid panel with 
um, you know, particle size and count. Um, I look at the um, um, inflammatory markers. Uh, you know, I look at ApoB. I look at LP little a. Um, I look at um, markers of metabolic health like insulin and your insulin resistance score. Uh, hemoglobin A1C is more of a longer marker. Uh, so I do a fairly complex uh, lab panel as well. Um, but then the real data actually comes in once we get going, because I'm a huge proponent of wearable tech and how we can use that data, how we can leverage that data to really understand how a guy is performing, how he's responding to his environment and use that data to make really actionable change. And so I love, you know, I'm wearing my Garmin. I, I, I never take it off unless it's charging. Um, I love the Aura Ring. Uh, a lot of guys use Whoop and Fitbit and, um, and, and BioStrap. Uh, and I'm not necessarily lesion to any one particular device, but I, I would tell every guy out there that you need to be tracking your data because once you do, you know, you bring up a, a great point. Guys, know what they know what they're supposed to do for the most part. You, you need some guidance. You need to give specific advice on what they should be eating, but they know the things they should not be eating a lot of times. And they know that they should be going to bed at a consistent time every night. And um, but when you can see the data, when you see the objective numbers and how it's affecting your stress levels, I know you're big into stress. I know you're, you're all about, you know, uh, helping with stress resilience. When you look at heart rate variability, which is a, a data point surrogate for stress, you know, you know, I know you know this, your audience knows this. That's when you can really see how profoundly that alcohol is affecting you or that lack of sleep or that shitty diet's affecting you. And I think that that's a really powerful way to get guys to wake up and, and make the real change that they need to. Yes. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. I was going to make sure we, we dig into this heart rate variability. And so um, I haven't had anyone um, speak to that specifically yet. So that is really, it's extraordinary, this ability to measure our resilience, to come back to a resting state. And so um, I... I haven't gotten an aura ring yet, but I think that's the place that I would start. But I, I think it's so empowering to just, as you say, really see, you know, the evidence, the impact and how it all comes together. Um, so how did you start to recognize the, the impact or, or see yourself affected as your heart rate variability changed as you started to recover? Yeah, I, I simply started using it myself. You know, everything that I recommend for guys, I've tried at one point or another, uh, almost every wearable device I, I've, I've tested. Um, it's, it's powerful when you can see changes in your stress level. So to back up for those of the uh, listeners who may not be familiar, uh, HRV or heart rate variability is simply a data point that tells you the variation in your heartbeat from one beat to the next. So when you check your pulse, it may, you know, the machine may register it as 60 or 70, um, but it's not truly 70 because each beat is actually changing. And so it may be 70.02 or 69.98 or 70.01. Each beat, there, there's a variation in that number, but it, the machine will average it out to let's say 70. But that variation is actually critically important because as you know, that, that number, that variation, if you will, is a direct, reflection of the balance of your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic is your, your fight or flight is your stressful reaction uh, nervous system. And parasympathetic is your relaxed state, is your rest and digest, they call it, uh, phase. And there's this yin and yang balance between the two. And we want to really emphasize for stress resilience to emphasize 
you know, deep breathing and uh, nasal breathing and yoga and meditation and mindfulness practices to help us improve our parasympathetic tone so that we can become parasympathetic dominant over sympathetic tone. And that heart variability, that number is actually a reflection, a, an actual objective quantifiable reflection, if you will, of that balance. And so it's a perfect way that we can, by looking at our, our device, our data on our phone that our devices communicate with, to see our heart variability, which is a direct reflection of our stress levels. Yeah, knowledge is power. Uh, it's it's just so enlightening to see where that is and to start connecting yeah, the dots. That's right. And um and so I've heard people complain that sometimes wearable tech might be stress inducing, right? That by really queuing in on all of these indicators, maybe we're stressing ourselves out. Um, what's your what's your take on that? I don't find that to be the case. I feel that, uh, as you said, data is empowering. And I, I don't ever want to get into a situation where a guy's obsessed about looking at every hour. And, and that's not really the point. You know, the point is uh, heart rate variability is actually technically best measured uh, when you first wake up. You, you should test it for about a full minute or so when you first wake up. Uh, the devices are great at measuring it throughout the day, which is, which is a, um, a, a potentially distracting data point because as you're up and active and moving around or exercising or, or sleeping, your HRV, your stress numbers are constantly changing. And so the way to really use that information is to pick a certain time of day when um, you're in the same state every day to check it. And so the best time to do that is actually right when you first wake up is the best time to, to test your HRV and then compare it from one day to the next. So I don't want guys looking at their, their data every 10 minutes and seeing what their stress levels are and trying to make something of it. Um, it's really looking at it from one day to the next, um, more of a broader strokes uh, picture into how their lifestyle is affecting it. Uh, and I do the same for sleep as well. You know, I, I, I want guys to look at, at uh, their data from one night of sleep, but it's really looking at it a week at a time and looking for changes and seeing how there's variation and using that data to understand things. Yes, exactly. That was the next thing I was thinking about is how we can really kind of go down the rabbit hole and sleep. Oh no, I wasn't getting as much or yeah. not the right amount of REM right. sleep. And it says I should be doing this or that. And right. I, I loved your point that, um, you know, it's really about getting kind of the bird's eye view. What is the mm -hmm. trend? What's the overall situation? I mean, there could be a dog barking down the block and your sleep's a little interrupted one night. Don't let right. it make you lose sleep the next one, you know, that's right. keep it, keep it all relative. But I think that's, I think that's really helpful. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll give you a great example. Last night, actually, my wife and I were reading in bed for about maybe an hour or so before we went to sleep. And her Garmin device actually registered her as sleeping during that time. It registered it as light sleep because I guess she was so relaxed that it, it, it thought because she was laying supine, laying down in bed reading that, uh, that it was part of her sleep. And so if you looked at that, you said, oh, I slept more last night. And you get all, you know, you, you think that's great. But if you look at the big picture and again, compare one day to the next and under, understand the data, be able to interpret it and, and, you know, adjust for variations like that, um, that's when you can really start to understand things. So you know, with sleep, we look at deep sleep quantity, which gives us, you know, more of a qualitative perspective to look at not just how long you slept, but how much deep sleep and REM sleep did you get and make sure that you're getting good restful quality sleep as well. And so looking at it, you know, more than just a, a, a millisecond at a time, but looking at it more of a, you know, over, over the last week, what does it look like and where, where is there variation? How can I, how can I improve that? That's when it's really powerful. Absolutely. 
Awesome. And um, I'd love to learn more about uh, the book that you have written. What's it called? Thank you so much. Yeah, my book is called Male 2.0, Cracking the Code to Limitless Health and Vitality. And the book for me was really a, a passion that uh, was years in the making. As I had this concept of we need to empower men to take control of their health, to be proactive, to, you know, there's, there's something called P4 medicine, which not a lot of people know about, but it's this movement that started maybe 10 years ago or so. And it really hasn't grabbed hold of people like it should. Uh, but P4 is personalized, it's participatory, it's proactive, and it's preventive. And it's, it's the framework for male 2.0, where I want guys to, to take charge of their health. I want them to use data like their genetics and wearable tech data and laboratory data to uh, individualize their care and not just be guessing. And, you know, the guy, the guy on, on the latest podcast said I should be doing keto. So I'll do keto kind of thing, uh, but really individualize it. Um, and empower them to to take control and, and uh, not just wait until you have ED to go see a doctor and to, um, you know, take more of a proactive approach. And so Mail 2.0 was a passion many years in the making, and um, it's on my website, and I'll give you guys a link at the end that you guys can get a free copy, um, and it's on Amazon as well. Excellent. And I think this is so helpful because um, as we were discussing before, uh, I feel like, well, there's a couple of factors at play in terms of bringing men into the conversation. One, um, you know, in, in our generation, we were kind of raised to be stoic, right? You know, if, if we don't really need help, if it's not bleeding, if I, <laughs> if I can power through, I'm going to keep on working and showing up, right? I'm not going to take, take a day off and call the doctor and set up an appointment. So it's time to change our perspective and put ourselves first and put a higher priority on well-being and feeling as good as we can feel and not waiting until we're really officially sick before we're motivated to take action because we deserve to feel better and have more energy and be really engaged and passionate about what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, I find that men will come into a doctor's office for two reasons. One is for ED, because for most men, it's all about sex. And when that goes south, suddenly it, it's a major catastrophe I need to get in today. Um, or two, they're bleeding out. And those are really the two reasons men go see a doctor. And, and so my, my goal, my mission is to change that and to change the paradigm of men's health and get guys to take control and do something to go beyond neutral and to you know, upgrade their health and really upgrade their life. Yes. Absolutely. And the other aspect that I find really fascinating too, as I've come into this space and met other coaches, I'm amazed at how many people say, I work with women. I work with women over 40 X, Y, Z who are changing their career, who are, you know, resolving midlife issues, uh, hot flashes, whatever, you know, is that pain point that they can resonate with their clients on. And I have, from the very beginning, been passionate about bringing men into this conversation because I don't think that they're not paying attention. I think it just hasn't served them or hasn't felt relevant. And I feel like in general, people think women are an easier market or they're more tuned in. However, I believe we're doing men a disservice by not making this approachable and relevant to them. So I'm so excited that this is really, you know, continuing to be your point of focus. I mean, it has been throughout yeah. your career. And so your, your practice has always consisted of men with the focus of your specialty in urology and, and the cancer surgeries that you do. 
And I think that it's time has definitely come. I think that men are taking more power. I mean, we're choosing the way that we want to age. We're not sitting back and saying we want to age the way we watched our parents do with less activity, with less vitality, with less enthusiasm and happiness, right? And so we're really redefining that right now, which I find so exciting. Absolutely. Is there, um, what else would you like to share with our guests? You're going to give us information on how we can get in touch with you and get yes. a hold of the book. And I'll have those links yeah. in the show notes. Um, are there any kind of key tips or takeaways that you might share with someone who's just kind of opening up this idea? Like maybe I need to put a little more attention to feeling better. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a couple of points. Number one, I would, I would emphasize that for men to are looking to lose weight, who are looking to improve their energy, who are looking for performance in the bedroom or beyond, you really got to go beyond testosterone. And I use that phrase because there are so many docs out there who are doing nothing but just pushing testosterone therapy. And I think it's important. You know, I I like to always qualify. Don't get me wrong. It's certainly needed. But there's so much more to men's health than that. And if we're not looking at the bigger picture, uh, you're wasting your time. And so I'd really emphasize that guys need to take a comprehensive approach. Um, the other thing I would emphasize is peptide therapy. You know, peptides are, uh, they're, they're just simply amazing. I love peptides. Um, peptides are nothing more than short chains of amino acids. Basically anything uh, under 100 amino acids in length is a peptide. Anything longer than 100 amino acids is simply a protein. So they're short proteins, and these are are signaling molecules that our body already recognizes. These are signals because uh, uh, they come from our own human enzymes and um, proteins that are already functioning in our body, but they're able to be synthesized for very specific, precise outcomes. So I love peptides for reducing inflammation, for example. A a big source of, of the problem I see in men's health is chronic inflammation. So they're great peptides for reducing inflammation or helping with uh, musculoskeletal healing and repair and recovery. Other uh, peptides for immune function, which um, have been very beneficial in the last year. And I'll leave it at that without getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> there are peptides for, for sexual health, for libido and, and um, erectile function. There are peptides for gut health. There are peptides for cognitive focus and, and concentration and mood and anxiety and sleep and it's amazing what we can do with peptide therapy. And I love it because it's not reliant on big pharma. You know, it, it's not, uh, it's not a drug in the a peptide cannot be patented because it's simply a chain of amino acids. And so I love that it gives us this amazing precision and flexibility to really target specific outcomes that we're trying to achieve. And so I, I would just emphasize for, for guys out there, take a look at peptides and see how it could possibly be really the icing on, on the top of uh, the, a much bigger picture when it comes to optimizing your health. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm really not familiar with the capacity of peptides, but I am a big advocate of keeping it simple. You know, like there's no one diet, but if you bring more whole foods into your diet, you're going to be giving your body what it needs to fight inflammation, to repair and rebuild cells. So to exactly that point, you know, to be coming down to the most clean and pure sources of the proteins that we need to create everything that we need in order to do what we do, right? It's, it works all the way up the chain. And so I think that's really exciting that you can address so many different, really particular needs and optimize those right. areas. That's right. brilliant. And yeah, if, if it's under the FDA's radar, because it can be patented, then 
you won't be hearing about it on the national headlines. <laughs> we'll of course. That's that right. Way. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. That's really exciting. Can we learn a little bit more about that in your book as well? Yes. So um, you can check out my website. It's drtracygappin.com. And um, if your listeners want to go to drtracygappin.com forward slash limitless, you can get a free copy of the book, just cover shipping and uh, check it out. Mm. This should be the one, the book and all the book circles coming up. Thank you. <laughs> this thank should you. be the conversation. I'm so excited. Um, thank you for sharing about the work that you're doing. I'm so happy that we are connected and um, looking forward to see what else we can create. And I'm excited to have you joining me in the um, summit that I'm going to be sharing, the Thriving Life Summit, and yes. um, sharing more tools and resources on how people can start feeling better fast. So I'm really awesome. excited to continue the collaborations. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a terrific day. You as well. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.